0: Over the course launch of seven days, we got 620 students and um, the revenue we collected was about $193,000, which was, which was pretty good for seven days, right?
1: At Founder, we're on a mission to democratise entrepreneurial education and on our way to building one of the largest online schools in the world for entrepreneurs. We interview some of the greatest founders of our generation to find out how they did it so you can too. However, in this series, we're doing things a little differently. We're working with our own students in our community who are deep within the process of building our own successful business. These are the founders of Tomorrow, who've stood where you are and are on the way to building the business of their dreams. Now, before we jump in, our lawyers have told us to tell you this. Of course, we can't guarantee you'll have the results like some of our stories we're about to share in this show. And as you know, with any business, it's a lot of hard work in addition to completing any online course. And with that said, welcome to From Zero to Founder. Hey guys, Molly here. I'm the community manager for Founder Magazine and welcome to the series from Zero to Founder. We're going to be sitting down with Bryce, who is one of our rapid course formula students who went from zero students to 620 after his first launch. So please welcome to the podcast, Bryce Holloway. Welcome, Bryce. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and speak with me today about your business. I guess to begin, why not introduce yourself, tell me a little bit about your business and where you're located.
0: Yeah, I'm located in Australia, here in uh, Melbourne, or just outside of Melbourne, about an hour and a half away in Torquay. I've got a, uh, I've got a financial services business, but um, we also have a, a podcast uh, called The Property Couch, and um, uh, that's that's where we get to have a bit of fun building a community that we can we can serve through our. our business at, uh, at some stage, but uh, largely the community building goes through our podcast, The Property Couch.
1: And have you always kind of been in the real estate realm? Is that something that you've always had, um, I guess, expertise in?
0: No, no, I'm a degree qualified accountant and I started to realize I was using my personality as contraception. So I thought I'd better find uh, another pathway and uh, with with due respect to accountants, it wasn't, it wasn't for me. And so I started a property business part-time in 1998. Um, so I was juggling uh, going nine to five in the accounting firm and uh, doing property after hours and on the weekends. And there came a point where I just pivoted, uh, had more fun property. Um, and then that's really been the last 20 plus years for me.
1: Amazing. So the pull that kind of drew you more to property was just the easier lifestyle, I guess, or you mentioned fun. What What does your day-to-day kind of look like in what you do at the moment?
0: Yeah, well, the first part of that is um, I was at uni, I came home from um, uni at lunchtime, I watched the Today Show, which is a program here in Australia, um, uh, sorry, the midday show with Ray Martin, and he had this, uh, had this interviewee, her name was Jan Summers, she'd just written a book called Building Wealth Through Investment Property, and she was up on, um, up on a whiteboard Saying the tenant and the tax ban pay most, if not all of your bills. This is why I've bought investment properties and it's been a way to financial freedom. And I remember thinking at the time, going, Oh my goodness. And just thinking, does everyone know this? Because if they if they do, everyone should be doing it. And I was young and I didn't realize there was psychology and behavior had to get, a, get past. But at the time, I just it just became a mission for me to find out how to create wealth through residential real estate. So, and that's been the pathway I've been on. As I said, for the last twenty years, I've, I've built a portfolio of property myself. I've been advising clients to build portfolios of property for that twenty years, and and that's what the podcast is. It's um it's the insider's guide to property finance and money management. So we make it super simple for people to understand money concepts because, to be honest, money is simple. Behavior is hard, and it's really trying to um, give frameworks for the money bit because it's simple, and then try and talk people through the behavior stuff because if they can nail that. Um, it it becomes a bit of a formality um, creating creating wealth through property.
1: Very, very interesting. I know you uh, have mentioned that you've been doing it for 20-plus years now. I guess where was the point where you wanted to kind of look for more? So I know that you... I guess you're friends with Nate, who is the CEO of Founder, and that's how you initially kind of discovered Founder. When was, I guess, the realization that you wanted to expand and move into creating courses to help educate people, not just educating through your podcast?
0: Yeah, it was interesting the way that uh, Nathan and I came together. It was um, we we kind of had this conversation. Hey, you you know property, Bryce? Yep. Um, are you able to share stuff with me? No, absolutely. And you know how to do this course stuff, Nate. Yep. Are you able to share that with me? So it just came this mutual. Let's let's just share notes, and um, which was which was incredible. But but before meeting Nate, uh, I was on this. Um, uh, I wanted to build a community of people who were interested in in um, self funding their retirement. But but in our industry, it's just full of gurus and it's just wealth creation and it's just icky and fly by nighters and all of that sort of stuff. So I actually wanted to work out, well, how do I build a genuine community of people where I can actually establish myself as an authority in the space without having to resort to smarmy sort of, you know, s- s- snake oil salesman tactics. I wasn't, I was just not interested in that at all. And um, so I started traveling to the States and, uh, attending the conferences and getting in the same room as as um, all the people who are who are really um, nailing online marketing, but I had this fundamental problem, and that was all of these people were building personal brands. I'd go to that conference, I'd go to that conference. I went sort of six six times in five years different different conferences and i just I just kept on asking questions but how do i how do I do this for a bricks and mortar offline business? Using all of the principles of online business without it, without it sort of going into a place I don't want it to go, and I couldn't work it out. And it wasn't until I met Nath that the penny dropped because I wanted to build a brand rather than than building my own personal brand because that's what not what it was about. It was a, building a community was about getting as many people on board with our uh, with our movement, and um, and then yeah, sort of fulfilling that because. There's some people that do it yourself. some people that do it for you. There's some people that do it with you. Well, we wanted to help the people that wanted it to be done for them. But I also wanted to help the people that could do it yourself. So long answer to your short question, the way that that Nath added value significantly is he taught me how to build a brand, um, which is a a company brand, um, not just an individual brand. And that was was game changing. It's something that he's doing himself, something that he's doing very successfully. And so uh, I just wanted to model what worked.
1: Amazing and prior to actually having, I guess that that light bulb moment of you know how you mentioned that personal brand trying to develop that into brick and mortar. How are you growing your community? What original tactics were you doing compared to what you're doing now?
0: Um, I was an early adopter podcaster, right? So I was one of I wasn't the first to market, but I was one of the early ones. That's when podcasts weren't um, weren't sort of you know everyone's doing one now. I think there's over a million podcasts on iTunes now, not a million episodes, a million podcast so back then we were we were just having a go and um it, it's actually proved to be the best medium because we've we've done youtube and done social media we've done courses we've done we've, we've, we've tried a lot of stuff um but the podcast is well and truly the number one um way to build out our community and and so really it's it's a it's understanding how it all comes together which you know molly it's 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 one thing to have people in in you being in their earbuds and it's another thing to actually be able to create the community, get an, get a access to an email address, um, send value, ask for nothing in return, building goodwill over time that allows us to um, to establish ourselves with that brand currency, and then and then once you know um, you know you, once you trust the messenger, you trust the message, right? So if we if we if we spend as much time as we can building that brand credibility around the messenger then when we have a course um, and we offer that to our community um, that community takes that up because because of all the of all of the all of the goodwill and the currency that we've earned over time but it starts with just providing value providing value providing value without asking in return well without asking uh, in return on a lot of occasions so if we can if we can and it's something that i know that that founder is passionate about it's it's giving value giving value giving value and at some point um you'll ask the question if you if you've received value from this stuff are you interested in getting more value from from this stuff which could be a course which is which is the path that we took
1: which is very inspiring because i feel like as you mentioned podcast is a great way to kind of start gaining your audience but then nurturing that relationship is really important as well how you mentioned providing value which i definitely agree with and i guess from this um, step, what was your initial idea uh, around creating your course? What did you want your course to be for your students and for your community?
0: Yeah, good question. So, in in our industry, um, there are people charging $10,000 plus for information and education. And to be honest, it is largely just a grooming exercise to get you to get their next thing, which, which in a sales funnel, that's fine. But if someone's paying ten thousand dollars for education, that that should be a serious transformation exercise, and um, it wasn't. People were, well, you know, at the some of the, some of the time, it could be a significant contribution to a deposit to actually buy the property in the first place, right? So, so we were seeing time and time again, people being burnt. That's how we started the podcast. We first episode is we fix bad, uh, uh, bad advice. And we started with the analogy of, you know, um, what, what would you do if you were someone, a barber selling $25 haircuts, and then someone next door started a barber right next door and sold $10 haircuts, what would you do? And, and we said, well, we'd put a sign at the front saying we fix $10 haircuts, right? So it was kind of that, that approach of how do we fix a lot of advice that's actually out there um, that's that's not serving, um, it's just not serving people. I've seen it time time again. So our goal was to provide a high quality course at a affordable price, um, significantly affordable price. Because if we go back to our vision of wanting to create a community, wanting to help people um do it themselves via the podcast and all the other free stuff we do. There is a portion who will want to do it with you. And so that that crowd is who we can serve through the courses. And then the crowd who wants it done for them, we we serve them through our business. So 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 the goal was to provide quality at low cost rather than what we were seeing was high cost and low quality, or as I said, a grooming process to get them into buying the next property which which ultimately wasn't serving the the, the the client or the purchaser. So if we if we stayed true to our mission to educate and inform people, because the industry's been fabulous to us, um, we we wanted to pass that on and pay it forward to 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 the community that we're building at the property couch.
1: Which I think is great and incredible that your learnings that you've accumulated over the years, you're willing to pass on and help for a lower price point because you do see, I guess, that Greater returning, building that community for your brand, your overall brand, and I guess from after taking these steps, how did you go about actually building your course? Obviously, you enrolled in Founder's Rapid Course Formula Program. What were your initial steps in in actually creating lesson one, lesson two? Talk me through that.
0: Uh, I would, I would so here's a, here's a, a lesson. I've, having done RCF, um, I would have done it slightly different now. But what I did at the time is I organised a three-day live event. So I called, uh, I called out to the community and said, "Hey, I'm going to do a course. Um, I'm going to charge for it later. But if you turn up in the next three days, we're going to do it live for free, um, and it, and you can get access to it for." uh, 48 hours afterwards. Right. And the idea was, uh, I think we only had 50 people turn up on, you know, a, a, a probably a couple of hundred who popped in and out, but consistently only 50. But to be honest, I wouldn't have cared if it was only two because the idea wasn't to get as many people as I could on the live session. It was to keep me sharp and to keep me up and about and to keep me thinking about someone on the end of this is actually listening to this information. I'm not just talking to a camera. Um, and therefore, I've got to make it. It counts. So I'd, I'd mind mapped out the three days. I'd worked through the flow. We'd done all the prep, and then we just went live, and we shot it all uh, in three days. And and then we just cut the modules up and um and then put them into the course. But what I would have done is, and what I note that Founder does really well is just, just the the professionalism of each particular um, module. Um, is is very clear in the resources and everything. So, so what I did is I merged the two. Oh, there's nothing I could do to go and reshoot that particular course at, at, at the time. So what I did is I just merged the footage in with all of the step-by-steps that you get uh, through rapid course form. And I think it's a really good outcome because we've got the objectives, we've got all the downloads, we've uh, got the, um, the description, the videos obviously there and in, a, in, a, in an organized methodical way that people can do it at their own pace. Um, but as I said, if I had, if I had done an RCF first, it would have been slightly different on the execution of the video, but I, I just kind of think, you know, done is better than perfect, right? Because you've got so many people who, uh, think about it, think about it, think about it. Well, that, that live experience just got us, uh, as soon as we'd organized the live, the rest looked after itself because it's not like you just can't turn up. And then if you turn up, you're going to give your best. And then, if you've given your best, you've got the footage, and then all of a sudden, you can cut it up and turn it into into modules. So, um, yeah, it was it, it it was fun. It was it was one of the it was one of the people who showed me over in America to do the live thing. But again, it was a personal brand thing. Um, so we were trying to do it as a as a a, a brand separate from a human, um, and it worked and it worked. But um, the if I had I had Rapid Course Formula, I reckon I could have chopped off conservatively five years, but probably eight years of the learning because it kind of just really um, yeah you, you know molly it's it, it's just step by step, do this, do this, next, next next it's just a um yeah it's, it's a very thorough way to do it and I, I don't think there's many uh, and i and trust me, I spend a fair bit of money on on um, courses um to learn this stuff what's interesting about it is you go, well isn't this amazing that i'm watching a course teaching me how to create a course so I could Some points I would dive into the content and other points I'd dive into the context to go, what's going on here? What's doing here? So it's just this kind of amazing case study that you get to um, see it in action, which is pretty cool.
1: Which is incredible. And I think it's also great that you've adopted so many different techniques throughout the years and now you kind of, if you were to do it again, the help of learning through this course you would actually do it differently which i think is incredible and for the live call idea that you adopted how did you actually get people to that live how did you advertise that you were even having this three-day live to begin with
0: well my my goal is always to collect an email address molly so um i'm collecting over 2000 email addresses a month um and and as you well know that is the opportunity for me to build a relationship. And I build a relationship with that list each and every week. Every Friday at 6.30 a.m., you will get a value proposition email from me that says, here's more value, here's more value. And so having that that relationship building over time, when the live came out, I just said, well, I, I went out to my list and said, do you want to be a part of it? And I also went out to my podcast community um, we're over 10 million downloads. We're averaging 70,000 down, or 69,000 to be exact, 69,073 um, downloads a week. It's over 300,000 a month, right? So it's a big audience. And um, so a combination of those two mediums was allowing me to, um, to send a message and say, uh, do you want to turn up? Now, we did it at a very unfriendly time. We did it um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday from 1 o'clock, 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Like most people at work, right? Um, so, again, it wasn't about maximum um, numbers of people to that live. It was about having two or more so that we could stay sharp. I mean, we do webinars. We've, we've been able to get um, uh, webinars uh, that max out the room, and we do it at a more appropriate time for that, you know, in the evening when people are home. But for this thing, it, it just wasn't important how many people were on the live. As I say, it's just important. We had a couple a couple of uh, heartbeats there so we could stay sharp.
1: And did you find that the people that actually attended the live purchased the course once it was live?
0: Yeah, so we gave them an opportunity to um, have an offer. The offer wasn't uh, about the course. The offer was for our um, our done-for-you business. Would you like for us to, to actually implement what we've just talked about for you? We've got a special offer that you can do. And if you do, you'll get the recordings of this course um, as part of that, as a bonus. Um, so w- we did incorporate it, um, which is a little bit different um, because it wasn't purely just about the course, because we've got a business that serves at the higher level. Um, but um, yeah, there was definitely an offer made. Hey there, Nathan Chan here, CEO and publisher of Founder Magazine. If you're enjoying From Zero to Founder, And you want to learn from some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation, then I highly recommend you also subscribe and check out the Founder Podcast. We talk to some of the most successful people on the planet to discover how they're building their businesses. So you can take a front row seat as we go deep and we learn from some of the founders of brands like Netflix, Dropbox, Reebok, and so many more and how they built these companies. You can find the Founder Magazine podcast with Nathan Chan on all podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe. All right, now let's get back into the show.
1: And once you actually were live after you've edited all the live footage and you had launched your course, how did it perform? What was day one like for you in terms of enrollments?
0: Uh, it was pretty good. Um, over the course launch of seven days, we got 620 students, which was which was phenomenal, right? But we got 300 in the last day. so. <laughs> time and time again you always hear that all of all of the magic happens on the last day but you burn anxiety on the six days leading up to that seventh day going oh no it's not going to work but in day one um it was it was pretty good we probably got about 20 percent of our audience then um 30 of our audience for the next five days and then 50 percent of our audience on the last day and that was that was that was incredible i mean i, I i'd 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 watched, learned and read so much about the scarcity that happens when you have a deadline and I'd seen it happen to others. But when you're in it yourself, you kind of go, ah, is it going to work for me? And then when you see it work, it's like, and then we've done, you know, we've done multiple launches since, um, where we're about to kick off our third launch of that course. As we speak, um, we're doing all the prep work now. Um, we're excited about that, but, uh, we did 620 students. It was, a, it was a $297 course. It's normally $497. We did it for $297 during that launch. And um, the revenue we collected was about 183 thousand dollars which was pretty good for seven days, right? And, um, and all because we had a relationship with the list. Now, one of the things that we did in the lead up to it was to start to, to try and warm up our audience that the launch was coming. So I did a, a shout out for uh, reviews on our podcast because we've got such a, a big audience and um, there's over 10 million downloads, we've got, we, we're approaching 2,000 reviews, right? So what I said to folks is if you leave me a review um, and I read it out and it doesn't have to be five-star, if you've got a one-star, l- let me know. But if you be creative in getting my attention to, for me to read it out, and I will. So what I did is I read out all these reviews and then I said, oh, thanks for the review. As I said, um, here's a free course. And then the next one, um, I would read out a three star review who slated me and say, okay, fair call, no problem. Um, thanks for being honest. There's your your course. And now, clearly, I did mainly five stars, but I just wanted to show that transparency. If someone gave me a one star and it wasn't unreasonable, I'd read it out. And then, but what I was doing is just warming up the list, what's this course anyway? Um, yeah. And, and I'm just giving it away for free. And then all of a sudden, people go, well, how do I get one? So then after that first week on the podcast, I did it for about three or four weeks. I'd have to double check, but it was definitely three, maybe four. I'm just warming that by the end, I could see the reviews were just skyrocketing because as we know on iTunes, we don't know what the algorithm is. We know it's subscribers. Um, the more subscribers you get, the better you are for charting. And then... Um, but it's got to be downloads. It's got to be reviews. So I just thought, well, I'll, I'll kill two birds with one stone here. So, so that's what I'm doing now because I'm at, I'm at 1,991 reviews. So I'm using that as help me get to 2000. And by the way, anyone who gives me um, course, uh, gives me a review, I'll give you a free course. So I'm doing it again. So I've done it on each and every one of those launches. And it's a nice way to warm up the list and let them know that something's coming.
1: Yeah, it's an incredible tactic. I've never really heard something like that before. And I think it's great. Like you said, it sparks the the whole, what am I missing out on? I want to be a part of this. I want to learn more than just what's available on the podcast. And I think it's interesting that you kind of cross your marketing channels to help with your launches. And in saying that you've done it three times or about to do it a third time, how did the second launch go compared to the first? Did you do those same tactics or were there different marketing kind of um, strategies there?
0: Now the second one, the second launch didn't perform um, as well from a revenue perspective. So we've gone from 183 to about 95, right? Which is still good. Seven days. I'm, let's let's be honest. But I but I only did an email launch, so there was there was no other peripheries around that. And and I won't bore you with the details. But there was a lot of stuff that I was doing to the community at the time. I didn't want to overwhelm them. Um, but I had I had the launch locked in. And just, just for clarity, courses are not my core business. They, they aren't. They, they are something that is something we do on the side as a, as a, a way to achieve um, our, our vision of helping as many people as we can, right, building that, that community. So unlike Founder, who this is, that's your core for, focus, for me it's not. Um, so I had other things going on. But to send out a five-email campaign, which is detailed in the course, um, where first one was saying expect something tomorrow, then then and then I and then oh a little tweak I did on that is on the P.S. on the you know effectively the the first email that I say check your inboxes tomorrow something's coming. Um, what I do is I put a P.S. down the bottom and say, well you've read this far, so I should reward you for reading this far, shouldn't I? So if you want a little early bird early bird look at what's happening tomorrow, here's the link and they'd go to the landing page, and that that drove um, sales right. So that, that was a little, and we accidentally sort of, I don't, I don't think we could be overly strategic about that. We thought we'd just give it a go and it worked, right? Um, so then we, we do that, open it on the Monday with the opening. Tuesday was about our own experience. Um, Thursday, we send out a uh, social proof uh, f- and frequently asked questions. Then Sunday, we, we just do scarcity 12 hours and scarcity four hours. Um, and then that was all we did. So I was I was pretty happy that we almost got a six figure launch um, without much fanfare. But but this time I've got my team. I've asked them to go back and I said because we've built up a significant social media presence now. So I've gone back and I've asked my team. I need you to go and watch all of the modules from RCF on social. We're going to do it all. Do not miss it. So we'll get that covered, and then we'll go back and we'll tweak the the copy. Um, and we'll get that sorted. I'm I'm still doing what I'm doing on the um, on the podcast, and we will do that. And then we've obviously uh, been adding 2,000 email addresses a month um, since the last one we did in November. So what do we? That's another eight eight to ten thousand people on the list that wasn't there then. So as a combination of all of that, um, I feel I feel optimistic that it will exceed our first one, but let's see.
1: It's going to be really exciting if we do catch up again and, you know, we can compare your first launch to your third launch because in such a short amount of time, you've learned, you've grown so much, which is really interesting. And you touched upon a few things that you mentioned, such as social proof. How has social proof helped you, I guess, validate your course?
0: Yeah. um, This is one that Nathan was big on. Bryce, get social proof. And I'm like, oh, okay. But, um, now it's now it's actually a uh, I do it across uh, the podcast I do it across my business if someone sends me an email that says uh, we had a great experience and we proactively um, seek that feedback we are straight away saying um, are you are you okay to to jump on a zoom call and tell us about it and there's seven questions that we ask which is effectively a transformation list that that says before uh, what was the pain you're experiencing and after what was the the pleasure you're experiencing—it's—it's—it's it's, it's so straightforward that we just do it now. And so we get on Zoom, not too dissimilar to what you and I are doing now. Hit record, ask the questions, and then um, we 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 create a storyboard and we 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 get it done. And it's remarkably inexpensive to do. It's it's remarkably inexpensive to do. So because I kind of think that um, uh, I'd love to quote who I got it from, but I can't think of it at the moment. Um, it's, it's four steps uh, to answer your question about how important success stories are. I think that if you want to create revenue, there's four steps you need to undertake. One is to engage a client. Two is to get them results. Three is to record them telling you about the results. And four is to tell other people. That's it. So theoretically, your first engagement should be your hardest because you do not have a video to show that first person. But if you've actually got the result and for that person, and then you ask them to jump on zoom and then you've got a video and you can tell the second person about the first person's experience. Then they go, Oh, okay. Well, I want that person's having, I'll have the same. So then you go and engage them. And then all of a sudden you get through that person. And by the time you get to the third person, you've got two videos now to show them. And then by the time you get to the fourth and by the time you get to the 89th and by the time you get to the 112th, you've got 111 videos to show them. So it should absolutely be a part of your process. Um, to ask people to give you some feedback via video is is my preference because I have on my my website I've got seventy nine pages of written testimonials and each page has twenty to thirty testimonials so so the written testimonials great right what I think is impressive about that is volumes it just goes wow a lot here but the power of the video testimonial trumps those eighty nine pages um, so I'd certainly encourage people to get them I've got them for the course um we have uh one two three four five six seven um on our landing page and to be honest we just let let them do a lot of the heavy lifting because um you know if they can do it people are just going if they can do all well, but maybe i can do it right so uh, so to answer your question it's it's crucial <laughs>
1: Definitely. And I agree with you. I think it's great. And I, I'm sure other people would love to hear stories story similar to how you are in here right now sharing your story and your experience. Those that are listening will really, really value it. Um, and from there, you've probably changed the way that you have produced your course since the first iteration. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, yeah. So we do things a bit differently now. Yep.
1: What would be the best piece of advice in terms of filming and actually producing your course that you would share with someone listening that thinks, oh, I really want to really create a course? What's, what's the advice that you would give?
0: What I did is um, there's a, I use a Mac and there's a software called MindNode, um, but there's millions of it, right? There's millions of um, software, but I use MindNode and it's just a mind mapping tool. <laughs> and uh, what I did is I had uh, each module mind mapped and, and it made it super. So what I did is I just had a, a screen in front of me with the mind map, which I could move, and the camera was just next to it. And so that made it really... And, and our course is organic. It's not um, teleprompted, um, but it allowed me to make sure I stayed on track. So so for those that love certainty, um, get a teleprompter. It's not that hard. Script it all out, no problem. But for me, that, uh, my own personality, that uh, I would have just procrastinated forever on that. So the mind map is, was, was the magic source for us because I was confident in my topic, uh, but if I make sure I know what the beats are that I need to hit, um, I, it flowed and, and, it, and I knew what was coming next and I knew what I had to cover and I didn't sort of bleed over into another module um, as well. So that would be my top tip is to get, get, a, get it all done in a mind map and then just have that um, available just off the side of the camera um, because you can just, you know, you know, very well Molly, you can just disguise a quick glance over without anyone thinking that you're, you know, you're reading from a list. So it gives you enormous confidence. It helps you project the best version of you, which is what the person's buying on the course. Um, so if you're a teleprompter person, knock it out. If you're like me, um, you know, I've got a couple of television shows, which are all ad lib. So that's, you know, I have to do these piece to cameras when the producer says, can you do this piece of cameras? And they're like, here's what I want you to say. <clears throat> But feel free to add a little bit, and I'm like, nah, don't get me caught in the middle space. If I'll either say exactly what you want me to say, or let me freelance it, but don't don't give me that little bit in between. So it's just it's just better understanding what style of presenter you are, and then and then rolling with it. But done is better than perfect. That's why I did the live audience because I didn't want a reason to go, oh, it's not perfect. I'm not going to do it today. I'll do it next week. Um, just a little hack, a couple of hacks there, just to uh, make sure you get it done.
1: And that's great advice. And I can completely relate to you on that. I know our producer Charlie can sometimes laugh at me when I trip and fall on my words. So I think practice makes perfect. And like you said, done is better than perfect. And you can always go back like you've done and launch again and again until you've, you've really kind of got that secret recipe. Bringing things back, what results did you really achieve by taking this course? Did it solidify um, a- another revenue stream for you? Or what, what was the biggest impact?
0: Well, it gave me the confidence to to launch, to be honest. So, did it solidify another revenue? Yes, because otherwise, um, well, I guess founder founder do courses and they do them really well, right? And I'm not just saying that because Nate's my friend. Like, I've I've bought a lot of courses, right? So, so if you see someone who's actually walked the path before you, and then they say step by step this is the path that you need to walk so you can do what I'm doing. Um found that incredibly compelling, right? So I've gone and done it and then and then I've watched the course all the way through. And then I still refer back to like I just said before, you know, we're now to do a launch. Okay, let's dive into the social media section. Right. Let's go back and 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 do it. So it it is it is without a shadow of doubt created a revenue source because I reckon without it, it's super simple to go, oh, I'll launch next month. I'll launch next month. I'll launch next month. I mean i've been I've been in the states I paid a lot of money to go to a a um, a mastermind group um, with a particular company that was that was doing some launch stuff and I remember <clears throat> I remember at the time because I'm in I'm in Melbourne and I'm having to fly to Phoenix and Dallas and orlando and i'm and I'm thinking I'm going to be the laughing stock of this group because I I've bought this course and I haven't done a launch yet. So what it did is it, <clears throat> it gave me this finite date to to work towards, and then we just did everything we could. I did a webinar launch for that one, and then I had this amazing result. and I was feeling on top of the world. I'm thinking I can go over, be in this room of about 150 people, and I'm not going to be the laughing stock of being the only one who hasn't done a launch. So it was just this enormous sense of peace. So get over there. And I chat in the room, and I go, "How's your launch going?" Oh, um, I haven't done it yet. I'm still, I'm still working on it. I'm like, "Okay, no problem." Talk to the next person at the next break. How's your? Oh, haven't done it yet. So I I moved around the room in three days, thinking, "I reckon only twenty percent of this room's actually done a launch, and eighty percent of them are paying a fair bit of money to be in this room, haven't done one yet." So, so that was the penny drop moment for me. Going, not everyone does this, right? So unless you have a step-by-step approach to actually what do you do next? You'll, you'll find a million reasons to say, um, oh, haven't done it. It's not perfect enough. The video is not perfect enough. The script I've got to work on, all those sorts of things. So w- what I think RCF does is give you confidence that you know what the blueprint is, you know what the path is. Nathan's done it. He's done it many, many times. So just just follow the bouncing ball. Um, and, and I think that's important. He's walked the talk. He's actually done it himself. So therefore um it, he's, he's established the authority to listen to to actually do it
1: i agree and from there what is the next step for empower wealth as well as the property couch in the coming i guess 2021 2022 what are your next big steps
0: yeah super exciting we're going to we we're, we're playing in the in the the SAS space um, moving forward because um as part of our the, the bigger picture is we're about financial transformation we help people uh, you know create a passive income $2000 a week by building a portfolio of residential property that's it right that's that's the that's the flag at the top of the mountain so the way that we can help people transform is to help them understand better their money management so i wrote a book called with ben my business partner make money simple again and, and essentially that helps people uh, manage their money in 10 minutes or less per month, right? Following a rules-based system in the 21st century tap and go world. So people go, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds like a, a platitude. Well, we've developed a online resource that allows people to actually work out how to do this 10 minutes a month. So what we do is we give our book, make money simple au. That's where you can go and get it for free. And then as part of that, we say, well, that's the, that's the step-by-step instruction guide. Then you can go and get the platform on how to use it, right? So you don't have all these clunky spreadsheets. Now, we've got over 32,000 users of that platform, and we're, um, we're going for 50,000 by the end of this um, calendar year. And what that means is we have this enormous intimacy with our community that allows us to help them get that transformation, Um, because if you think about going to the bank, um, if you and I, Molly put a hundred bucks in the bank today, and then we go to the bank on Monday, um, I can't speak for you, but I've got a lot of confidence that if I go to the bank on Monday here in Australia with our banks, um, that I'll be able to get my hundred bucks out. I'm pretty confident that they'll keep it safe, but what I'm not confident about with the banks is that they will do the right thing by me. The the banking Royal commission just proved that, but they're not in it for me. They're just, they're just their money safe. And then you've got all these amazingly huge tech companies, um, Google, Amazon, Netflix, all all of them over there who are in this enormous race to to work out as much as they can about us, the individual. And so what we've done through building a community is allow us to have this, this beautiful level of intimacy, financial intimacy with our community, where we've added value for so long that they now feel like they can trust the messenger. And therefore, if we offer them a platform that allows them to manage and organize their money um, uh, better, um, that they will do that. They can go in anonymously. We can't work out who they are, all those sorts of things. But it allows us to to build this platform where we can then um, help them, um, whether it's through our mortgage-broking business or our buyers agency business or our, our greater wealth planning business, if they choose to. But, but we become the envy of the banks because of the financial intimacy and the trust that they don't have, and we become the envy of the big tech companies because we have the level of intimacy that they could only dream of. Um, so therefore, that becomes something that we're super passionate about um, and helping our community transform further. So, so we are putting a lot of time, energy, and effort in in, in that platform, making more resources available for free, so that people can can do that um, easily and straightforward without fear of um, you know the contamination of their their details or whatever. So that's where we'll go. That's that's where we build our community because if we want to transform people through um, property investment, they've got to be able to they've got to be able to get their own house in order first. They've got to be able to manage and organise their money better. And um, you know this podcast isn't long enough for us to go into how bad. Basic household management is in 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 the country, but um, if we can fix that, they can trap more surplus. Then they can do um, plan for a better tomorrow. Um, that's that's exciting. So that that's where a lot of our energy will be going, and a big part of that is through the community building that you and I've been chatting about. It
1: sounds like you've got a very incredible, I guess, end of the year and years coming forward with all the ideas that you have, and it sounds incredible. And I think education is key, and your relationships with the community, as we have both touched upon. But working towards wrapping up, what would you say is your biggest goal that you want to achieve with your third launch of your course?
0: I think I think it's just to be able to um, uh, build on on because it's not about the money, right? It, it, it's not. It's it's about like if we've done six hundred and twenty students the first time, we did three hundred and fifty odd students the second time. It, it, it just as that that number starts to uh, accumulate. If you want to create a legacy and help people do what we've, what I've said we want to do, the more people that you can actually get into the foundational pillars of what you do, the better, right? Because a lot of these people will, will they'll do it. They'll do it themselves. We'll never, ever, we'll never, ever meet them commercially. And that's totally okay because, um, if at some point they can come up later and say, "Hey, listen, we implemented some of the stuff you talked about, and it's made an enormous difference and it was uh, it certainly uh, was 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 game changing information that was a little bit different to the way it was being delivered that's pretty good i mean we, I have the privilege of people coming up and saying that at the moment who I've never met before, or they'll make a um you know a, a, a very effusive um, positive feedback on social media or or send us an email or whatever it takes so so it's to continue if I wanna if I wanna continue to have that legacy, the launch becomes part of that. More people exposed to the foundations. Um, as I said to you, our course is normally four ninety seven. It's two ninety seven during our launch period, and um, and it's unheard of to in our industry to have a course for that wasn't in the thousands. So here we are asking for you know three hundred bucks. Um, so that just that just shows that that we are true to the. The legacy piece, and and so the launch just forms part of that. But um yeah, the confidence that I had from from implementing it means that stress, the course, right now, not stressing about anything other than well, not stressing to be honest. It's um, you know, we're planning well well in advance. Where we know what we got to do. We've we've done this before, so it's just it's 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 not this mysterious thing that that oh, oh, it, it, there's actually a predictable path, and so we're just following that.
1: I'm very excited to see what's going to come of your third launch and as you continue growing your community. And lastly, before we do sign off, do you have any last bit of advice that you would like to share with those that are listening and might be inspired by your story?
0: Yeah, if, if you have a genuine um, um, burn to, if you're called to serve some people and you want to get that out to the people, I would, I would uh, encourage you to, um, at the very least, um, tap into uh, the founder email list because you'll get you'll, you'll get enormous value for free i mean most of what founder gives is for free right so uh, just 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 do that and then if you if you feel that you uh were called to actually serve them at a higher level but you need some leverage um yeah i'm, I'm trying to answer this question without sounding like i'm just a big avatar of us because i i am right I, I, it is it is something that i am I believe you should do right, but I I, I, don't, I don't want to come across as a, you know, as a as a salesperson for it. I get nothing out of it, but it it is something that you should do, um, and it's helped me, and we've had success from it.
1: Thank you so much for sharing your story and giving us a little more insight into how you created your course, as well as onto your third launch. So I really appreciate you spending the time with me, Bryce. And yeah, thank you again.
0: Oh, it's a pleasure. Thanks, Molly.
1: Hey guys, we hope you're loving From Zero to Founder and you're getting a ton of value from it. If you want access to the exact free training that led today's founder to where they are now, head to founder.com slash course training or follow the link in the show notes.